From the banks of Dewey Lake, it's the Dewey Pod Monster. Welcome back. My name is John, and this is the Dewey Pod Monster Podcast. This is the original podcast about consumption. And on this show, we talk to you about all things consumable, like movies, music, TV, beer, you know, whatever we find. With me this week, as always, is the host of the Dewey Pod Monster Podcast. His name is Sean, and he is the authority in Michigan craft beer. Sean, how are you doing today? Just made bail. How You're really getting good at making these how you're doings appropriate to the uh subject at hand i guess i'm trying working on it i'm very proud of you thank so, you what have you been up to this week i have fallen into a rabbit hole of watching stuff and all that good stuff i i fell into <laughs> that's what we're supposed to do right that's yeah that's generally what we talk about so i fell into the rabbit hole of international gladiators which you may be very aware of American Gladiators, but International Gladiators is a show that was for the international audience, not so much just about Americans, but countries around the world. So for those who are unfamiliar, as you would expect by the term international, international as Gladiators, opposed to American. Yeah. So for those who aren't aware, uh, American Gladiators was a show, I think it was like probably late 80s, early 90s. It was originally hosted by like that was 90s. Yeah, probably early 90s. I think that was about the era. Right around the wrestling, so it fits in the wrestling talk. But we had Mike Adamley as the host. Joe Theismann was a host of American Gladiators, and he was replaced by... Was he? Yeah, he was replaced by Larry Zonka on season three. But Mike Adamley is the host of International Gladiators, and they have a couple of gladiators that were American gladiators, like Hawk, which is the guy with the really bad flat top. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think there was one of the females, I don't remember, but there are all these British and German... And Russian and Australian types. Yeah. yeah. Imagine that from around the world. Right. So watch that. And there's episodes. I think they did basically, they were like two hour specials, two, two hour long, like 120 minute. Yeah. Specials. So it was like a one and two. They're all there on YouTube, like the full things on YouTube. So you can watch that. So that's where I found it. And that's where I watched it. I also finally finished Yellow Jacket season one, which that's a good show. I don't know if you've heard too much about it, but you mentioned it a little bit, I think last week, but yeah. I haven't really heard much of anything about it in detail. Yeah. So watched Yellow Jackets, finished that the season two, like I said, last time, I think it just started. So I kind of wanted to get up to date. And I also watched this whole weekend, Saturday and Sunday, two nights of WrestleMania goes Hollywood. I watched both nights of, well, most of, most of Sunday night, some of Saturday night, not, not all of Saturday night, but most of of Sunday night, watching all these wrestling documentaries and wrestling specials got me into wanting to watch actual wrestling. And I don't know, this I think, will probably be old news or different news by the time this episode comes out. But I just started seeing this today that UFC is trying to buy the WWE right now. Oh, no, I didn't see that. Yeah, I guess Dana White's going to if you're going to put it in like a pyramid of or a hierarchy or whatever, Dana White would still be at the top. And I would assume this is Vince McMahon's way to kind of cash out and peace out on the whole thing between his legal troubles. And he's got like seven by now, at least. I don't know. I was talking to a, a buddy about it earlier and I kind of was like, you know, I mean, on the one hand, I don't think I care. On the other hand, I almost feel that compromises whatever integrity UFC has for being like a legitimate fight by 
being associated with WWE like that. But I guess we won't really know until if or when it happens and what we see with the pro- I mean, if they start doing like, you know, backflips and stuff off the cage, that might be a little suspicious. I just I thought that they were selling to the Saudis a couple like two months ago when Vince came back. Yeah, well, apparently he's just looking for a buyer. I don't know. It's been since I got when I got to work this morning, it was like the first thing that popped up before Trump getting arrested or whenever this popped up. So clearly Google knows what I'm more interested in. (laughs) (laughs) And it, it had updated throughout the day with I don't really know the point of like updating a story where it says, well, this still might happen. Like, why don't you update me when it does happen? You know, or it's off the table. But I, I don't know. I found that moderately interesting. And also, like, I don't know, is that going to be a good thing for either sport? Or is that going to be like sports? What, what's the end game? There? Sport? I, I think UFC's a sport. I'm not sure. I didn't. WWE I, I do, is. too. Yeah. Sports entertainment and sports. Yeah, I don't know. Watching wrestling, I think I may have gotten my fill with watching the specials. Like, I like old school wrestling better. Even if I'm good for the next decade. I think so. Like, even if I go back and watch, you can, on Peacock, you can watch, like, you can watch old, old, old wrestling events. You can watch, like, the first Saturday Saturday night's main event, which I think I mentioned I watched a couple weeks ago. I watched a little while ago the first episode where, like, NWO makes their premiere. Uh, And it's all on Peacock. And I don't know what it is, but you can, it just seems, I, I watch it now and I think to myself, like, how did I ever think that this was real? Because these guys are like, you know, they're slapping each we other. We were all dumb kids at one point, right? But it it's almost like now there's, they don't even try to hide that it's, you know, that they're, they're slapping each other. They're really, you know, tossing each other on the ground. They're really, you know, power bombing each other on the, on the floor outside of the ring and stuff like yeah, that. But, but now, you know, like there's mics under the ring and there's springs to make it sound louder and, you know, all that type of stuff that you wouldn't even think about as a kid. Yeah. And I watched a couple, I found a couple of videos on daily motion that, that amplified like the miking when the, you know, they, they isolated the miking of when the, they talk to each other in the ring to tell them like, okay, we're going to do that one more time or. And I think there's a podcast. I haven't listened to the podcast, but the the video is titled the same thing. It's like Botchamania. And I I don't know. That's what the, the they talk about. Wrestling. Yeah. So I don't know if it's like affiliated or not, but, you know, and you could see it because the ref now the ref will go and they'll check on the person like, oh, OK, what are we going to do? Or there was a but there it was funny because you watch. Um, I don't know if we watch like the NWO stuff that era, right? Or you're familiar yeah. or the generation X, like that WWE attitude. Era I didn't stuff. really watch a lot of that, but I, I NWO and I know through documentary enough about like, you know, Steve Austin and probably John Cena and like the, the big the attitude era around. though. You're, you're familiar with that. Familiar with it. I didn't really watch a lot of it though. They would, they would get cut, you know, it wouldn't be rare to see, or it wouldn't be uncommon to see someone bleed right on an, on oh, no. an episode They'd of raw do or the whatever. little, piece of glass or whatever and you yeah, know the razor edge or the the knife yeah. edge or, yeah but on this so For there those was a who can't see it we're both yeah pointing slicing at our, our forehead <laughs> the wrinkles anyway. on our forehead but there was a fight it was edge and finn baylor the demon finn baylor who comes out face painted like he's possessed i don't know that must be his gimmick because again this is like the first thing that i've watched in years and mm-hmm. edge takes a ladder and he throws it crosswise at Finn Balor and it he got gashed, right? He got cut on his on his head and they actually paused the match so that the ref, because he's like, hey, you know, this guy, blah, blah, blah. And they had a, somebody come out and they would not, the camera angles that they showed, they would not show Finn Balor and what was happening to him. 
And I thought they were actually going to stop the match because he got cut, which that I mean, would never once happen. in a while they have a stunt that goes around. This, was, like, this wasn't this was this was not a work. This was like a real right. thing. Shane McMahon comes out, right? Shane McMahon was involved in some of the wrestling, and I don't want to go on forever about wrestling, but we Shane do McMahon, it every other week, yeah. it seems like. Shane McMahon comes <laughs> out, he's supposed to fight. He it's like a Snoop Dogg and the Miz are hosting WrestleMania. And Shane McMahon comes out as Snoop's like special guest to wrestle the Miz. Surprised, you know, surprisingly, right? It's supposed to catch him off guard, the Miz off guard. So they do the thing where they throw against the ropes and, you know, they do the leapfrog where they jump and do the splits. Shane yeah. McMahon does that and he lands the wrong way and he tries to get up and he, his, he must have blown out his knee because they don't show, they stop the thing, the Miz, they just keep showing his face and he's got the grimace like he's, you know, he's breathing, like he's going to start fighting them. And they just, they, they basically, Snoop Dogg improvises and punches them. And, and if you've ever seen like Snoop, he's wrestled before, but if you've ever seen him do it, he looks like a stick man. He looks like Manu Bowl, like when he would play well, I, basketball. I could guess that he looks like a stick man, but I don't think, I didn't realize he's wrestled. He's like only done a before. few things. Is it like WWE wrestle or like he'll be like a special, wrestle? a special like WWE guest, like okay. when Dennis Rodman did it or something, but he's looks super yeah. awkward. Like okay. he doesn't bounce off the ropes the right way. Cause he's probably not heavy enough to really budge him or anything. He does like the people's elbow against the Miz and they they cart out Shane McMahon in the meantime but they don't ever sh they don't show it you know so it's like it was it was a real thing you know it wasn't a work but I don't know it's just something about it just kind of like now that now that the cat's out of the bag kayfabe is like gone pretty much and we just know about these real people we know the Undertaker is Mark Calloway stuff like that I don't know it just kind of cheapens it for me that I, I don't know if I'll continue to watch it maybe I'll watch an event here or there but I don't know if my interest holds any more to it. I'll I'll stick to watching the the, the documentaries, the wrestling, um, you know, tales from the territory, dark side of the ring, the retelling of yeah, entertainment, retelling so, of old old wrestling, wrestling of yore. Anything else you caught up on before we drift into what I isn't that enough? I didn't really watch a whole lot this week, so is that enough? I don't know. Is it probably not? We'll let you we'll let you talk now, John. So I watch rewatch that stupid bear movie because you know. Apparently, I'm addicted to bears that do cocaine. Stupid bear movie. That should be the subtitle. You know, you could put stupid bear movie in front of half the things I watch. And you'd probably have a 50-50 shot of being right. But we already did a whole episode about that. So I'm not going to go into our thoughts on cocaine bear again. But I rewatched that for a third time now, which is sad because it's not like it's my favorite movie or anything. It's just dumb bear movie. But eh. Found a documentary on Netflix called Crack Cocaine Corruption and Conspiracy, which was actually like five or six years old. It was about the crack e epidemic and essentially how America did not handle it well at all. It was only like an hour and a half long, but it was actually pretty interesting. It started all the way from before crack was actually crack, when it was just cocaine, how it got processed into crack and just everything that happened after that. Like I said, that's been around for a while, so I'm not trying to plug it per se but it was uh if you like watching those like weird drug and crime documentaries it's worth checking out does it go into how the the government was complicit with crack cocaine the crack cocaine epidemic and oh, yeah. all that stuff okay i thought it did it goes into not just it goes into their whole like the war on drugs and how the cops were corrupt about it and like you know they you know they confiscate like i don't know five kilos and turn into two and a half of it and sell the other two and a half or something like that. Uh, it goes into the war with, I think it was Columbia that was started really just to amplify 
the uh, drug market here, all, all kinds of stuff like that. It, it really paints Reagan and uh, the first Bush, which not W. H.W. Senior. Was W the first one? I think H-W. W was the second one. H.W. H.W. Okay. It really paints them as like shitty. And then it really <laughs> kind of, as far as that's concerned. Surprise. Yeah. And then it just kind of shows like Clinton as like kind of piling on, but kind of, I don't know. It's it's almost like he's swimming in the river of shit that was like brought to him and he's trying to get out, but not really, you know? Um, yeah. So it doesn't make, if, if you don't like politicians or if you have bad feelings about politicians, this will definitely help reinforce those bad feelings or whatever that's worth. And then uh, the only other thing I watched, which was kind of fun, was a movie called Cyber Ninja, which talked to you a little bit about this the other day. But yeah, it's it's basically like a mix of a Power Rangers with Shredder from Ninja Turtles, bad effects, and a lot of green screen running that's sped up to like 2x speed, like on purpose. Yeah, that was pretty much the majority of my viewing that was worth mentioning. Other than that, it's just been the typical typical kind of it's always sunny mixed with whatever other crap i'm just rewatching currently so i don't have to think you know crazy stuff but man that crack ep- epidemic movie really would have tied into what we're going to talk about today i mean moderately a little bit what we're going to talk about today is an album which this is always a little bit of like uncharted territory for us because we've only done a couple album episodes but they coincidentally tend to perform pretty well and this album was one that really kind of struck me in a way that basically this album came out from when we're recording this about 10 days ago and i think three days after it came out i had said to sean like um i want to do this next just because i'm going to be listening to this constantly anyway and we haven't done an album since the boards of canada one which was shit that was probably at least two months ago at this point if not three yeah so we're going to be talking about the new album by the group, The Co-Defendants. The album is called This Is Crime Wave. As I mentioned, it came out on March 24th. It is available on pretty much every streaming platform. If you want to buy a physical copy of the album, you can do it from Fat Records. There, If you just go to fatrec.com, that's spelled W-R-E-C-K, you have the option that you can make purchases. The short little blurb about this album, just reading right off of the Fat Records website, is that this is the debut album from Co-Defendants, Fat Mike's new project with Sam King of Get Dead. Refer to my notes so I say this right. Chesky Ramos, as well as guest appearance, including the rest of the band Get Dead, Stacey D from Bad Cop, Bad Cop, Ornery Osborne from Dark Time Sunshine, and the DOC. So, which, if DLC. you're not familiar... He's uh he's pretty legendary in his own right, so it's kind of cool to see him actually come out and have a track on something as opposed to just writing something. I don't know. I guess kind of starting off, like you knew less about this album going in than I did. We talked about that one track, I think, on the uh, Mithrigan episode. I think that's which one it was. And that track's not on this album. That's just its own single. But I'd say this album doesn't really have anything that sounds really that close to that one track that we mentioned before so just like as a high view what do you think about this album and kind of some thoughts on it well i think we talked about it before we decided we were going to record this episode and you had kind of mentioned that it spanned or maybe we even recorded when we talked we may have talked about this i don't remember but you said it kind of spanned a bunch of different genres so i was really curious to listen to it and i got to tell you any album that comes in at 10 tracks at 33 minutes, I'm a okay with listening to because 
these days, <laughs> the amount of music I listen to, I like to listen to albums rather than singles. You know, I used to, I think I've always been an album kind of guy, but I, I like to give the time to an album to, to be able to listen to the whole thing. And I know that, you know, they didn't make it with me in mind, knowing that I like to listen to short stuff, but it, it was nice to be able to listen to it in one sitting and not be tied to something for, you know, an hour. Doesn't feel like homework. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's funny that you said that I was, before we came out, I was listening to, I got about halfway through an interview with Pat, Mike and Sam, and they both had said the whole idea of this album and every album that they do with this group, they already said they're working on their second album, like the follow up on this, like it, I guess it's close to done, but the idea was to make an album that doesn't have any bad tracks on it. It's not just 18 songs with a bunch of fillers. So they intentionally went into it. If they couldn't find a way to make it fit or if it didn't feel right or whatever, it just, it didn't make the album. And that shows on this because this album really does. I mean, I, I've started hitting shuffle on it a little bit just to kind of mix up the order, but you can really put this album on from start to finish. And there's never a point where it kind of feels like you have to skip through a song. Every song has its own vibe, for lack of better wording, but it really is one that you can, it's truly a no skip album that every song does want something different in and kind of lets you go through seamlessly. Yeah. And just to kind of piggyback off what you were saying, the co-defendants collab with Get Dead is out on April 21st of this year. So by the time this episode goes up, it might be. I don't know the day of, or maybe it'll be come out in a week after we talk about, you know, after this, this episode goes live. So like you said, they're, they're working on stuff and they're churning stuff out. I mean, we're talking about almost the same month within a month. Yeah. And that, that last time we talked about, that's not on this album, bad business. That was only about a month or so before this came out. So it doesn't seem like they're taking a whole lot of time off <laughs> between anything. And these are, you know, I can't speak for, again, I'm going to fuck his name up again. I can't speak for Chesky because I don't really follow his. I know he's a solo artist as well, but I don't I can't honestly say that I followed his stuff, which I might check it out now because I like fallen for this album. But that Mike and Sam King are both in active touring bands. They have, both have shows all over the country that are scheduled through at least summer. So it's not like even when they're not doing this band, it's not like they're just sitting around picking their ass quite the visual well you know we mentioned this album too it really does kind of cover a whole lot of different genres so there's obviously there's a big like punk rock background with this if you look at two of the main collaborators being fat mike who's been in one of the in a legendary punk band for 40 some odd fucking years now get dead hasn't been around that long but i i would call them that call them a punk band primarily but i don't there's elements of punk in this album, but I, and I think you get a little bit more of like a crust punk sound, which is that like bulky, strummy guitar riff that you'll get every now and then that's almost overly melodic. But I wouldn't say that's the overarching genre for this. Like, I don't even know how you would classify this as an album if you were to try to call it one genre. I'm in agreement with you. I don't think there's one specific genre. And it's kind of like those strumming melodic tracks are kind of peppered. They're like, this real give and take, you have some tracks that when the album starts to feel like it's getting heavy and dark and gritty, it seems like the next track will be one of those kind of strummy, melodic, you know, they'll have acoustic guitar strumming, but they'll have violins into it too. And one of the things that I really like about this album is the themes of while the lyrics 
can be very dark at times. Like some of the songs have really dark lyrics. The instrumentation that they use, regardless of the theme, can almost sway the way that I feel about the track. So, for example, uh, we look at something like Suicide by Pigs, right? Even the even the the name of the song. You kind of know what you're getting into based off the name of the song. It, it implies being killed by the cops. And then, but it has this whole, it's the first song on the album that incorporates this kind of acoustic strumming, the violins in the background, like I mentioned. So it's even, even though it's got these dark themes, it'll be kind of a uplifting sound. And I, and I like that they kind of, it's a, it's like a, an ebb and flow to this album. Well, what's so great about that song where it's placed on the album, it comes off this like, Really, you could tell me this was, a, if you played just the track Fast Ones, which is on this album before it, you could tell me this was just a straight hip-hop album, album, and the other nine songs were, like, front to back, all hip-hop stuff, and I would have no reason to disagree with you, because it's one of the better hip-hop songs I've heard in, I don't know how long, and granted, I'm not a guy who listens to a lot of hip-hop, so I'm probably biased by saying that, but it's coming off this grimy, like, just hard as shit like rap song and it goes right into this like upbeat sounding crust punk song that's about getting killed by cops so the first track on this uh album is called death cons and this the other thing that has accompanied this album there's really five different music videos now some of the songs are on this album some are not but each one of them has the baseline from this song from death cons that kind of leads in it's almost like their little moniker that they've used for each of these videos this album's intro or this album this song is interesting because this baseline that comes through is almost this real gnarly heavy dark sound that's on top of like a reggae beat that kind of bops through the entire song Yeah, I'd say specifically dub, like dub style drum, yeah. that that echo, the, the whole groove is kind of dub to me. Yeah, and this is one of the songs on the album that has that like kind of dark grimy feel, even though it's got that like reggae back to kind of not take it too low. It, it's It's not a happy song. I wouldn't put it that way. No, I think the theme of it and a lot of the album actually follows the same kind of theme. I like that this song's mm. the opener and it follows the theme of life's tough and you got to keep your head up and you got to be strong to make it through this life, you know? So I like that this song opens the album and it it has that kind of message because that's carried out through, throughout this entire album. Yeah, this is actually one of the songs that I like more on the, like this would be on the, you know, if we were to separate it into like a, I'm not going to rank the songs on it or anything like that, but this would be at the upper half of the album for me as far as which ones I just find myself going back to the most. This is one where Sam does a lot. Sam from Get Dead, he carries a lot of the vocal in this one. And we mentioned it on the episode for Dancing with the Curse. And we probably mentioned it on you know, the Mithrigan episode. His vocal styling has got this just raspy, guttural, like, it's so unique that it, it instantly clicks whenever I hear it. I'm really a fan of how he decides to throw vocals out on pretty much every album that he does. All right. So the next song on this is Obsessed, which is featuring uh, Sam's other band, Get 
Dead and Ornery Osborne. This was one of the first singles that came out for this album. So this song's actually been out for probably six months now on Spotify, YouTube, etc., etc. Your eyes are like a local anesthetic, like an ointment uses to soothe an abscess tooth inside a lion's head. And I've tried to pull it by the root, but the pain that you showed me makes me know it's absolute. Boo hey, loving you. Push me to the end, right down to my throne now. Yeah, 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 you better may, may, may a thousand lay, 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 another say, 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 and now I can't calm down to get a hold of myself. This would probably be the song that I'd say is the closest to like a punk song on this album. It's, I mean, obviously Get Dead's on the album or on the song, so it's going to sound more like a Get Dead song than the rest of this album. It's a little bit quicker. It's a little bit more up-tempo. My big note is any song that can incorporate piccolo is huge. You get a huge thumbs up from me. Like, I, I love the imagery of the song. I didn't take a whole lot of notes on the theme of the song because, again, it, it kind of follows, it continues along that, th- that, that theme of, you know, life's tough. Get a thicker skin. You know, you, you're going to have, you're going to need it. So I think this, this moves on. But I think the next song, song number three, Fast Ones, is definitely, we, we already mentioned it. It's, it's like a hip hop song. You know, it's got straight up, but yeah. it's straight up. Now that's a Paul Abdul song, <laughs> but. It's it's the darkest, the grittiest track on the album. And after hearing the video is awesome for it. It's, have it's to, I haven't seen it. I'll have to watch it. It's set in a courtroom. And I know you're not into this kind of music, but like there's a bunch of punk rock royalty in that courtroom along with DOC. So if you like watching a video and being, hey, there's that person. That or, hey, there's that person. There's a lot of that. Anyway, continue. After hearing the single, we listened to Bad Business. I really expected that this album would be, would sound a lot like that and i i really love the the message of the song about you know basically calling out fakes plastic people people that are doing shit for renown or the fame and not realizing that they're going to be dues to pay you know there's always you always got to pay for for what you what your bill of goods is right and i just thought that when the doc comes in and his voice is so you know now is so different he comes in that really raspy. It almost sounds like an effect on somebody's that's, voice. I was going to ask, do you think that's like his? That's, so, that, again, that is absolutely his voice. In, that is absolutely well, I know it's his, his voice. voice, but I, I know he hasn't recorded in forever. But like, I, I almost wonder if it would come out that it, it works for this song because it's yes. so gritty and it's so raspy and it, it just plays perfectly for this song. That brand new mohawk must have scrambled up your brain. We used to say fuck the coppers on ayahuasca. All I want is knockers and poppers to keep it popping. I've been living so off balance that even drowning's a fucking challenge. Silence every day, this ain't fantasy. All the niggas wildin'. I was when it used to be attitudes. Now it's just a mystery. But I almost wonder if, like, he did, let's just say a song with, I don't know, Snoop Dogg, since we mentioned him earlier. Like, if it would come out the, the same way or if it would come out as something a little... Because people have range in their voice. I'm sure he does, too. Like, I wonder if he would have that same spin on it well you know his voice is different right yeah like he was in an accident and it changed his voice but i mean because i I listened to a couple interviews post accident and i mean it's i think they probably added you know they eq'd it or they they added some kind of effect but i think that's like 90 percent his voice so yeah but it it totally fits it's super cool yeah yeah, it does i don't know where it would fit in 
there are a couple tracks I think it would fit in, but I think this one is the one that seems the most, you know, his, his bars that he, that he drops are, are just, it, it, it makes the song for me. Like this is one, this song on the album, I will say it is my favorite song. Oh, I agree. I could listen to this looped for a long time. I completely agree with you on that. I would go as far as to say that this song, along with the next song, are probably the two best songs that I will hear this entire year as far as on the new album. We'll see what happens. I mean, it's only, was it April? Barely April? I mean, that could change. But these two, this song especially, one, you know, I I went into this whole album trying to just take it because I knew it was going to be something different and I wanted something different. And again, my I, I'm a far cry from the hip hop guy that I don't think either of us are the hip hop guy on this podcast. But sorry, you look put off by that. <laughs> no, I mean I I don't I don't listen to like mumble rap, all the modern shit. I like I like EPMD. I like Cypress Hill. I like you know that Beastie Boy. I mean Beastie Boys. I don't yeah. Even, so no, we're about to that rap. Yeah. So pretty much. But this song just it plays so well. It's so well produced. It's I mean. I'm sure there's stuff on the cutting room floor that we'll never hear where there's probably like a, a 10 minute version of this song. And the fact that it's cut down to where it is, is just, it, it lands so well. And I would say for anyone who has any interest, whether you like the rest of this album or not, this is a song that you should put on and give it spin because it is probably going to be something that it'd be the song that you never would have heard otherwise, but would fall in love with. Yeah. I think just that dark kind of tone, it just, it just makes this song makes the album for me. Like if it was a three song, three song album, and this was the last one, I'd be all right with that. You know, this would be an EP or something. This would be the perfect topper for that. Yeah, absolutely. And then this is where we kind of, we, we sell it into this whole, you know, like you were saying before, suicide by pigs, we come in. I've considered suicide by police. I do it myself, but I'm far too angry. And that's the way this thing's gotta be. For now And when that time comes You'll know because you've become a widow And that like lightens the tone It changes gears It totally switches gears into Again this press punk with, with orchestral tune Like sounds in the background Very again very dark subject matter I'm gonna make sure that we include The link that I'm looking at On the website the record labels website because the website has all the videos linked to it as well which makes it easy to find them the video for that is also very dark and very well shot but it is interesting kind of seeing the video and then seeing the hearing the song and being able to kind of dissect the lyrics a little bit it's a really sad song too like just the subject matter in it is it's kind of heartbreaking but it's also kind of really fucking true to life i think he pretty much said it all i think the the real melodic change is really very abrupt considering what it follows or what follow you know what it follows yeah what it follows not rather than what follows it but yeah it's just like almost stark contrast you hear this song yeah like i said like we've already said it's you get this really dark subject matter but it's presented in a way that's like kind of light and happy and uplifting and it's like this is right it's kind of fucked up you know, you think about it that way. Yep. After that, you move into Disaster Scene, which features Stacey D from Bad Cop, Bad Cop. I can't believe that I waited until this moment to say anything about what happened to me when I was no more than three because the day it isn't bothering. 
if you're not familiar with Bad Cop, Bad Cop, they're another punk band. They're an all-female-led, all-female punk band. I would, just as a side note, if you have young daughters that you want a good influence to listen to, I'm not saying to this use specifically, but in general, if you have young daughters that you want a good influence from a rock band, I would strongly recommend trying to get them into Bad Cop, Bad Cop, and they probably rebel against it and say, no, I'm going to listen to WAP or whatever. <laughs> WAP. <laughs> no, thankfully, I think my kids are more along the Harry Styles shit right now. I don't, so. I don't really know what that is, but okay. Oh, geez. Um, anyway, Disaster Scene's an interesting song, too, because it's almost got like a, it's almost like a pop hip hop song. Yeah, it does have that kind of, I don't want to say Machine Gun Kelly, but like that kind of, you know, he's like a, a punk rap pop kind of dude. And I've this, honestly never listened to his music. I just know the, you're not the, missing much. the person that is, I don't think, I didn't think so. But I also don't think that I'm, sub- I don't think I'm Machine Gun Kelly's target audience. No, like, I mean, I'm I don't pretty think sure I am either. 40 something year old dudes is not who he's trying to, you know, get to listen to his music. But it is, it's a very pop punk with like a, a flow to it song. And another super, super grim subject. Yeah. Especially when well, Stacey D comes in because I'm, I'm not familiar with her and I wasn't mm-hmm. familiar with her voice and she comes in. And she's got this raspy kind of female voice. Well, not kind of female voice, but this raspy female voice that comes in. What she's singing about is basically child sexual abuse as a child. And you're just like, man, that it just really, it really just drives it home the the way that she sings. So, and I have no, I don't know if it's just lyrics that she's singing for the, like for the song or if there's like truth behind the lyrics. I have no idea. Same. What I can say is, it has a very genuine tone to it, and she delivers it in a way that feels very genuine. And there's there's a lot. It's not that I give a shit about an f bomb being on there, but there's a line on the in that song where she drops an f bomb. Where the first time I heard, it, I'm like, that almost feels out of place. And by the like, I don't even. I've lost track of how many times I've played it now. But by the umpteenth time that I played it, I was like, it just sounds like she's pissed and frustrated, and it almost does kind of fit in there now. And it, I don't know. It's one of those things I didn't like at first, and I've kind of grown into like okay yeah that i can't hear it without it and i think her performance on the song really eclipses everything else i would agree it's again it's another gear shift on this album because you're essentially getting two guys that are like steering the ship through the majority of this album and then she comes in it's i don't know if breath of fresh air is the right thing because i don't think it (laughs) needs a uh, breath of fresh air but it's just a whole another tonal shift in this album this album does that constant after we leave pop punk we go right into a flamenco type song i think <laughs> which is again it's a really another really grim subject matter this is a song about it's called prison camp we'd rather be caught dead than right on any friend our morals are not like this our rules are not like this I got a letter from the government. I opened it, read it, so that some bullshit charges have been alleged. So you can kind of guess where this, the uh, story's going. And again, it's just a super upbeat sounding song yes. with super downtrodden lyrics that somehow works. Yeah, we. Ca- I feel like this kind of gives us the theme of 
the anti-establishment kind of punk feel, you know, like the gov don't trust the cops, don't trust the government. You know, this is in prison camp. They play by different rules. And I I just, I heard the lyric. When I hear the lyric, I got a letter from the government. I opened it and read it. And that just instantly takes me to Black Steel by Public Enemy or the Tricky song. Just hearing that, that's, that makes the, again, kind of grim subject matter, but it, it, that line, that specific line, when he sings that, that instantly takes me to that other song. And it's like, okay, this is, I can get with this. This is pretty cool. Is Sepper's the like really industrial sounding song? I thought or so, electro pop. No, industrial I, type. No, I think I mean I'd have to. I'm thinking of Selma Youth. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. Because you said when you mentioned all the different kind of genres, genre bending kind of stuff. When you said industrial, I was like, when I listened to this album, I thought, I don't know if John knows what industrial music. No, not really. But let's talk about suckers. I don't have a whole lot. Whole lot of notes other than saying more reinforcement that that pigs suck. There's a sucker born every day. Many get taxed, few get paid, some don't last, and some get saved. But no one gets away. Grab a hoodie, get a mask, stack a rack, and pack a passport. Stash it out back and bury it with a ghost gun and a black James sport. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, and that's a running theme through, I mean, this entire album is that cops are bad. Well, I mean, the name of the band is the co-defendants, you know, what you got to think it's going to be a lot about truth, justice in the American way. Right. I mean, by hook or by crook. but I feel like this is kind of the song. It's a good song, but it is the least memorable of the album because we both, I mean, I just listened. I took all the, I, I listened to this album. I listened to it two th- times, three times and you know me, like, I don't do that. That's not a thing I do. So when I listened to this, I listened to this just before we started recording. I took my notes on all the songs, like my just kind of, I had listened to it. I had kind of pre-thought things that I wanted to write out. But when I, when I listened to that song to suckers, I just, like I said, more reinforcement that pig that, that pigs suck. Right. So it's just kind of, I just didn't have much more, more else to say. I think the cool thing about it is that it does, it, it's another genre jump. You're kind of getting like a show tuny, yeah, almost like a jazzy type sound to it on this one. Like a sing along kind of thing. It's, it's very well done. It's, but you're right. As far as the memorable songs on this, it's probably on the bottom half of it, but that's not really saying it's this. I, I can't even call that a negative on this album, but it is. I mean, we have 10 songs on there. One of them's got to be the 10th. Yeah. Song, I guess. I, yeah, there's so. so many strong so many strong tracks on the album that it doesn't take much when there are so many memorable and good songs that you really, you know, you remember and you, you if you if you were to rank them, like you said, there's there has to be a tenth. And I just feel like this one is that song. It it does it's still not really one that I feel like I need to skip though. Like I don't feel like no. it drags the album down by any stretch. So I don't want it to sound like we're ripping on it. We'll, yeah, we'll find a different it. album. Yeah, we'll find a different <laughs> album eventually to rip on. So. Danzig sings Elvis. Wait, which one? Danzig sings Elvis is the album that yeah, we that's can, a pretty we can rip yeah, on that one or the uh, Metallica and Lou Reed collaboration. That's pretty bad. Although I don't like any fucking Metallica album. So anyhow, beautiful. What is it they want after years of worshiping flaws? Romanticized scumbags Now they expect them to be demigods Heroes are human 
That humans can be trash That includes you listening You're not immune Is another kind of poppy song almost It's Or poppier It's more of a pop punk type song I would call it Again, that's the running theme of this album So you have that upbeat sound With those really gritty Like kind of kick you in the face lyrics Yeah, I mean, I love the message I mean, for me, I feel like it's, it's saying basically, you know, no one's perfect. We shouldn't be, we shouldn't be looking up to celebrities and, and people that are pretend to be holier than thou for ways to govern your life. You know, it's more, maybe think about ourselves because nobody's perfect. Essentially, no matter what face we put on ourselves, everybody's done bad shit and we're all, you know, humans are trash. So just get on with it. That's, I think the part that I really like about it is, you know, they not only call the audience of this album yeah, trash they point they the call finger at themselves the singer, yeah like the next lyric and that's actually kind of one of the things like the first time i listened to there i'm like did they just call me trash I, <laughs> I mean sure but oh they just call themselves trash well you know what there's really no, not anything wrong coming out of this so can't really, really argue, argue with that with you. yeah can't argue with that logic right i mean everyone's a dirtbag i guess Sell Me Youth is the other song that I think the genre change on this really sticks out because I didn't expect this sound at all. And you're right, industrial is not the right term, but I would think it's call it more of like electronic pop type song with, again, it was like a sped up, again, a sped up punk input. Yeah, I don't, I'm not really good with genres of music just in general. I love electronic music and this is not, I mean, you know, I could say it's, it's like electro or tech. I don't really know how it fits into either of those, but I just, the synths come in, you know, the beat, it's got a, uh, like a, I don't know if it's a live drummer, but it has a feel or a sound like a, a electronic, like a drum machine kind of sound to it. And again, the, the theme of the song, greed, greed rules, right? This is. No matter what anybody tells you, money will tell you, money will tell you different. So again, love the theme of the song, love the theme of the album. I mean, it's a common, you're going to, I don't know how many times I've said that, but I just, I really, I really, this is like my second favorite song of the, of the album, just because I think the sounds, because that's more of my kind of wheelhouse. Well, I can, yeah. I was going to say, I can, that doesn't shock me because of what the sound of this track is and knowing what kind of stuff you like. And actually when I heard it, that was probably the song I was like, yeah, we, we should really do a whole episode about this because he might not hate me for making him listen <laughs> to this album. Although I don't think you've hated me for making you listen to anything yet. So no, I like, I mean, I, I'm an open-minded person. I think if there's anything that not to turn this on me, but I think that if anything, I think both of us are, you know, super open to right. other ideas, yeah, super open to other people's ideas and, you know, we'll, we'll call each other out on shit that we don't agree about, but I'm willing to give anything a try. Well, I'm not going to shit on you if you didn't like it. Sure. But it's yeah. your opinion. That's like your opinion, man. Absolutely. Yeah. And the album wraps with probably the biggest bummer of the whole, <laughs> a really like well-written, well-performed song, but it's a total bummer because it's yes, really it just about, it's about death. 
I mean, that's all there is to it. We are everything we've ever needed. Nothing is really more urgent than breathing. Slow down. Half of my friends turned to ghosts now. That opiate virus took whole towns. Victims of a war, but to me, there were gold that was never quite found. It's again, it's another song that's got a lot of orchestral type sound to it. It's got a lot of really heavy subject matter on it. And, you know, it's just short enough to make sure that you listen to the whole thing every time, but just long enough to really make you feel like, oh man. And then, man, I'm feeling kind of down. And then it just kind of starts over to that heavy bass line from the, the beginning of the album because I always leave the repeat all on. You have any thoughts on that last track? Well, this is the longest song on the album. I think it's 416, four minutes and 16 seconds. Super somber close to this already dark, gritty, just guttural album. And yeah, I mean, it's about, it's about death. It's, you know, basically all the only shit that matters is how we treat our friends, how we treat our families, how we treat each other. And that's, that's kind of the message I got out of the song. And you know, the, the note I wrote on the end of this song's notes was truth. You know, it's just like <laughs> sums it all up. That's kind of the way I've been feeling a lot about recently. You know, it's like, I just want to be a better person. You know, I, I don't really care about, I don't really care about all the bullshit that's going on in the world. I just want to make sure that my friends, my family and the people that I love are taken care of. So I can, I can get, I can get with the theme of the song and the, and the album. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think we need to dwell so like forever on this. I think it's pretty clear that we both enjoyed this album yeah we don't do we do hot dogs on albums i think we say this on every album i think anything that we don't do that's a movie we we ask but i'm i'm pretty sure we've done hot dog yeah we have done hot dogs on we have on the other music all right so do you want to go first or you want me to go yeah i can go first all right i think i've said enough times to be imprinted on anybody who's listened to this brain that i really love the theme the themes of this album a lot of facing adversity living through tough shit getting through hard shit trying to keep your head up through all that shit. Some of the songs, maybe mostly because of the tone or like I've mentioned before, the instrumentation, like we both mentioned the instrumentation, like the violins or the, the acoustic strumming, while they might have like really uplifting tones or, or sounds to them, you really pay attention to those lyrics. It's all very dark, very somber, very, very tough shit, you know? And I, I really like the, the, the kind of juxtaposition, the way those two things play off each other. I wish... If I had a wish for this album, I wish some of the songs hit a little bit harder. I was always waiting for like this really like hard song to come through this. I don't know. Like bad business. Yeah. Just something that, and I think fast ones is the closest one that comes to that, but I just something that you feel the bass, you know, just maybe the production was a little bit like deeper, lower, lower tones and stuff. I, I don't really get a lot of that. The mix seems like it's more of the middle. Like the, the, vo- the vocals are really nice. They come through really clear. There's no mm-hmm. muddy mud in there and there's no mud in any of the sounds. There's just, it seems like there's not a lot of like low end of the, of the, of the album in general. That would be my, my only complaint. Uh, like I mentioned before, some of my favorite songs were fast ones or some of youth. I was, I was really waiting for the album to drive hard. And I feel like the lighter songs that are peppered throughout the album, as we've mentioned, really just kind of. They bring you out of the darkness, but they drop you in the darkness at the same time. 
and I really enjoyed that. I'd say probably I would give this eight DOC bars out of 11 hot dogs. So I, I'd go as far as to say there's really, I don't really have a negative about this album. Um, I love that this album, this album is one of the few albums that really feels fresh. And by that, I mean, there's nothing that fit, like, I find myself, it's why I fell in love with the band Get Dead. It's why I like a lot of the weird stuff that I like is because when it comes to new music, especially like not bands I've been listening to for 30 fucking years or whatever, I really want something that doesn't sound like everything else. And I can't think of anything. There's really not a comp to say, like, you should listen to this album because it sounds like so-and-so. You really should go into this album trying to just have take in what this album's going to offer. And I would even say you should really go into it expecting to have to listen to it at least two or three times because it takes so many turns that you almost have to let it absorb a little bit and go back to it and kind of soak it in on more than one listen to kind of catch everything with it. That being said, like I said, there's no lag in this album. You know, my the tracks that I really love on this, like I really love Fast Ones, I think it's an instant classic. And I think it, I hope it gets the recognition it deserves because it is such a great track. Past that, I, I really love Suicide by Pigs and Defcon. So this would be the other two that I would say are my favorite tracks on this. Between that baseline and Defcons and just the overall message on Suicide by Pigs, for whatever reason, it really hits. But this mo- movie, this album does, it's it's a risk. Like this album is going to have, because of who's who the artists are that's on this album, it's going to be people like me that find it like right away like that and think, oh, well, it's got Fat Mike on it. It's got Sam on it. So I'm going to give it a try because I like everything that they've done on their other stuff. And yes, you absolutely should give it a try for that reason, because someone's got to find it and tell other people to listen to it. But if you go into this expecting a no effects album or a get dead album, even you're probably going to be a little confused, but hopefully still come out liking what you get. Like I said, this is a no skip album for me. This is, as far as I'm concerned, an instant classic, and it really should get probably a lot more recognition than it will just because of the fact that it's not going to be a mainstream album and it is got so much lyrical dark content in it that's probably going to hold people back and people are fucking dumb. So whatever. On the hot dog seal, I'm giving this a solid nine hot dogs out of 10 shotgun blast by pigs. Yeah. Again, it. I, I highly doubt that there will be, yeah, I don't even know what else is coming out this year. I know there's a new Omnigon album that I haven't listened to yet because I've been listening to this constantly, which is in my wheelhouse too. You're probably thinking, who the fuck is Omnigon? But he's nodding his head for those at home. Yeah, but, can you hear it? Hear the marbles rattling around in there? Yeah. This album has come out so strong that I can't imagine that there's going to be a better album that comes out this year for me. I'll keep listening, but... I can't, I can't sing high enough prices about this. Check it out. Like I said, we will include in the show notes for this, the link to Fat Records page for this particular album, where you can link to buy it, to stream it, to see the videos, all that good stuff, whatever you want to do. Check it out. Even if you only check out a few songs, or even if you only listen to fast ones and you know, whatever you, you at minimum listen to that song. And yeah, I think that's, I don't know. You got anything you want to add on this one before we start to wrap up here no i mean this is this is not in my this isn't a this album if i if you hadn't told me about it if we weren't listening to it for the show i probably you know this isn't one i would have found out about myself but like i i find myself 
when I'm, you know, I, I listen to music mostly when I'm driving. I don't really listen to music while I'm working or hanging out around the house. But every time I've been in the car, I've been, I've been listening to this album. Oh, I think that says a lot. Same. And I've been in the car a lot lately. So, <laughs> yeah. And that, that, like I said, that might be the, the hardest thing for this album as far as like getting it to where it really has the potential to go is finding, finding a way to get people who are not people like me to get exposed to it. And I don't mean that as a like slight against anyone else, but it, it really is the kind of album that if you're not part of that scene or if you're not paying attention to that, it's probably going to go right, you know, come and go without you even knowing it. And that's a damn shame because it's a really, really solid album. Bear. That's all I got. Yep. That's all we got. All right. What do we got coming up here? So we have finished this episode of the Dewey Pod Monster Podcast, your podcast about consumption, the original podcast about consumption. Is there something you want us to consume next, to talk about next, whatever that subject matter might be? Again, we're open for anything. So you want us to talk about a movie? Well, we do a lot of that. You want us to talk about a TV show? I'm not very good at finding time to do it, but I'll find time to do it. You know, whatever we got to do, let us know. Best way to do that is you can let us know on any social media outlet. We are at Dewey Podmonster. You can let us know in the comments of this episode on our website, which is at crap.town, on Spotify. I don't know if it does it on Apple Podcasts or not, but maybe. There's probably an email option. Either way, if you have comments, you want us to let us know what you think about this album. If you've heard this album, let us know what you think about some of these tracks, all that kind of good stuff. And then Sean is going to tell you about where you can find some other cool shit. If you want to know more about Michigan Craft Beer, I am the authority on Michigan Craft Beer. If you want to know about more local breweries around you, check me out. I'm talking about them at youtube.drafttherapy.com. You can find me also on any social media network at Draft Therapy, except TikTok. I don't allow TikTok in this house. That's fine. I, I don't think it's <laughs> going to be in this country much longer anyway. So We'll see. Hey, maybe maybe if I create, I should create an account now. So if it, get ban- it gets banned, I can say I was on it. Well, sure. Why not? Yeah. There's probably one on there already. You just don't know it. Probably. All right. That's all we got this week. Yeah, that's it. Have a good week. Cheers. Boom, bap, boom, raps. Fast cash, class, four, click, clack, who that? See me with this orb at a head for the door. Double time, chop, chop, deep, boom, that gash. Am I really going to need to slow it down for all you dummies in the world? Boom, the fast one. I slide ahead and got it passed up. They always have to tell the cash, girl.